much for tuning in to another episode of the Death to Vanilla podcast, where we talk about uh, you know marketing techniques, uh, strategies that people in different industries are using to help them and their businesses stand out so they get noticed instead of get ignored. And so we have a podcast uh, guest on every single week where we interview them and talk through the techniques and the things that they use in their day-to-day life as a marketer. And so hopefully you as a marketer, as a business owner, can take these tactical techniques and be able to apply them to your business. And so today is a great episode. We have Maddie on the show today, and she is uh, an incredible guide in how to use uh, funnels and automation, whether it be emails or content, to be able to automate a large portion of your marketing so that you are able to spend time you know, creating new content, uh, being able to engage with your potential clients on social media, develop Facebook groups, what have you. And she, she works a ton with women specifically, uh, some who are just looking to maximize their time and others who literally don't have time because they're moms and they're, you know, um, got a lot going on, whether they have a career and they literally don't have the time to devote 40 hours to their business. And so, uh, the practices and the plans and the strategies that, uh, Maddie teaches these people enable them to be able to build a business that makes money and grows despite their lack of time that they can put towards it. And so uh, I think you're really going to love the show. Um, for those of you who have listened to so many of the episodes that we've had. Thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate it. And uh, if you haven't got a chance, it would be so helpful if you were to run over to iTunes and give us a review on the podcast. Uh, Every review counts. It matters not only because we appreciate them very much personally. uh, I know I do. um, But also it helps us um, hack the algorithm so that we get our stuff seen more. And that's awesome. Not only selfishly, because we definitely want to be able to have our podcast grow, but because each and every one of the guests on the show, the views and the listens that they get because of that increase as well. And so this gives us a chance to continue to give back to the amazing guests who've been on our show. So if you could do that, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, So without further ado, let's jump into this episode, the Death to Vanilla podcast with Maddie. I wanna cause no problems. Mm. I just wanna live my life, but I keep on hearing about nonsense. Yeah. Me and my dons ain't mobsters, yeah. but you know when you see imposters, yeah. we know how to read them faces. Same way you know how to read them comments. If you wanna talk, let's talk. But around here, make sure you're walking, your talk is constant. Well, hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Death of Vanilla podcast. And I've got Maddie on as a guest today, and I'm super excited to have her on because uh, she just works a lot in like automations and funnels and just like incredible like follow-up and processes uh, to be able to develop leads and nurture leads and uh, you know we've talked a lot about like relationship building when it comes like actually phone calls before on uh, other podcasts Uh, but this is kind of like more on the automation side um, or at least you know we'll unpack that a little bit which is so awesome when you're trying to scale when you're trying to grow Um, certainly you know word of mouth is awesome but can only get you so far so fast and be able to have an incredible process in place to be able to scale your efforts is huge. So I'm excited to have you on the show uh, that you can share a little bit of your uh, knowledge with the world. And so people from other industries and other practices can take that and run with it. So if 
you don't mind, brag a little bit, pat yourself on the back, let us know what it is that you do and what you're all about. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for having me on the show today. Yeah. My name is Maddie and um, I basically work in the online space where I help online coaches, um, a lot of women online coaches basically scale their coaching programs using automations and evergreen systems. So things are put into place where your hand, you're kind of a little bit more hands off. You can focus more on the creative aspect of your marketing. And then on the mm -hmm. back end, you have a lot of things, um, nurturing your leads, um, email build outs, sales build outs, um, and all those different funnels, taking care of your leads, like we said, nurturing them. Um, so I basically run in that space and I help women um, build their programs uh, that way. So they have more like time and freedom on the front end of their businesses and they're not constantly in and out working 24 seven, feeling crazy and overwhelmed with all the different things that they have to do. And they know it's on an automated system. So basically what I do and I absolutely love it. That's amazing. I think one thing that's interesting. So out of just sheer curiosity, um, the women that are in your groups, are they, do they need the extra time because they just have really healthy boundaries on their time? Or is it the fact that they're like moms or, you know, have families and they're wanting, they like literally can't do 40 hours or, or what's kind of like the fit there? Yeah, definitely. So I um, work with one specific who's a, she's a single mom um, and she has like a four or five-year-old child. So this is like a perfect example. Um, she wants to be able to have more time freedom with him. And that's why she started her entrepreneurship journey was to be out of the nine to five job. Um, she started yeah. her small business basically so she could have more time with him and be able to travel the world. But she realized when you step into entrepreneurship, and you run a small business, it actually takes up probably more time than your nine to five job did. hundred um, <laughs> percent. I think we both can agree on that. So yes. it was the transition of, all right, I love what I'm doing, but how do I scale this even farther where I can gain my time back, still be a small business owner, um, entrepreneur, and be able to still have the time and freedom with my son and make the same, same exact money, if not more and it come in automated for me. Um, and I'm not in and out of my cell phone, in and out of sales calls all day, um, in and out of meetings and things like that. Right. I mean, that makes so much sense. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, I can't speak on the girl's end, but from what I've overheard people talking about is if you're like a stay at home mom, you're like largely like a virtual assistant which like can only get you so far is only so creative. And I'm sure there's plenty of people who really thoroughly enjoy it, but uh, it's, it's neat to know that you can put a system in place to be able to do something other than that. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and realistically, like even for the people who are listening here, like maybe like stuck in a nine to five or even happily in a nine to five, but they want to be able to expand what they do. Um, you know, having a system in place, like some of the things we're going to talk about is going to enable them to be able to have a side hustle that's actually profitable, that actually uh, does well. And so it's not just like a, uh, what do they call that? Well, you know, like uh, like a hobby, but there was something else I was thinking. Um, but anyways, just like the idea. You know what you're like saying, can I just profitable. can't remember yeah. the word. Yeah. Yes. It's, uh, oh, well, I guess it doesn't matter. But anyways, <laughs> so the one thing that, you know, you and I, when we first chatted, um, was just talking about like the evergreen content, like, and, you know, you and I both know, and, and anyone who's ever really tried to make it on social media or with blogging and stuff like that knows that there's like a little bit of a treadmill you get on when it comes to making content. 
and you become yeah. painfully aware very quickly that the lifespan of content is super short. And so you're constantly making more, constantly repurposing. And so the word evergreen brings peace and hope and happiness into my heart because it's like, <laughs> oh, like this is gonna last for longer than five seconds. So right. if you could unpack a little bit about what evergreen content means for the people that you serve uh, and, and what that kind of looks like, feels like, and how that really functions in their business. Yeah, definitely. So evergreen means that like you have a system set in place where someone can click a link, they can watch an intro video or maybe a webinar about your product, um, your program or whatever you're selling. And within that video, it's going to discuss a lot of things based off of your client's pain points, struggles, and a way for them to maybe implement a new strategy for themselves. They learn something from there. And then within that system, they get nurtured through an email like an email funnel and follow-ups and things like that. They'll get invited to maybe a Facebook group. And within this whole realm, you know that your clients are constantly being nurtured through an email funnel that's automatically being set up, a Facebook group that has a lot of free content in there where they can talk through things. And then they're also getting your offer as well through those emails of buy the program, buy the product, buy the offer, whatever it is. Um, so it frees up your time to be more, um, I guess, available and aware for like Instagram or YouTube, or maybe you promote on Facebook. Um, because I think while you're running a sales program or you're selling your product, it's really hard to like be consistent on your Instagram or it's really hard to be consistent on your YouTube channel because you're like, yeah. I have these sales calls or I have this. So Evergreen like handles that back end stuff for you. You know, your product's being sold for you. So you can be really, really intimate and specific and dial in like on your social media. And like you were saying, like content can be the death of us and uh, it's constant, constant, constant. So yeah. if we free up time on the back end with an Evergreen system, we can then be more present on our social media platforms and actually create really solid content that's going to resonate with our clients and um, our, our niche. For sure. Well, and I think that like lots of people like potentially have plans for how they're going to get attention, but not necessarily like a lot of plans of what they're going to do with it and Correct. being able to have like super solid uh, pieces of content to be able to take them through your process is super important. Um, in your experience, what has been some of the things that people have to think through for them to make those pieces of content? Cause like for me, I immediately think about like, think about it from like a messaging perspective where like, if you don't really understand the story of your business, you really don't understand what differentiates yourself. I feel like those are pretty hard pieces of content to make at that point. So what kind of process do people need to really think about and go through when they're making the Evergreen content that's going to like represent their business to everyone who goes to their funnel? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so basically what you really want to think is your messaging, just like how you think about your messaging on Instagram, things like that. It's really, really important to understand your overall messaging and exactly what you want someone to take away from it. So when it comes to an evergreen system, I would say, what do you want them to learn while they're going through, through the system? Because honestly, people won't go through and watch a video or a webinar or look at a sales page if they don't think they're actually going to gain something from it or they're actually going to learn something from it. So you have to somewhat put up a little bit of free content and um, think about, okay, what do I want people to learn enough about me and enough about my product to then want to know more and more and more to can continue to want to open up my emails to then want to buy my program. 
um, whether that's a coaching program, your product or anything like that. So then they feel like, oh, I got enough on the front end that I need to know more and I want to buy into this because this will then heal my pain points even more. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And just for like, if you could give some like maybe some specific examples of like, like the thing that comes to my head is like, okay, well, like, well, you get people to the site, you, you begin to educate them a little bit. What have you found to be like compelling pieces of content that people are giving away that seems to work well? Like, obviously we're talking about the coaching space, but you know, there's always that question of like, how much do I give away? How much do I talk about? Um, And then am I giving enough away that people are compelled and feel like, um, like they really got something out of it. So like, what are like some pieces of content that you typically try to pull together for people that people find helpful, compelling and gets them engaged? Yeah. So I first want to, you want to think about like the biggest pain point that's going on in your, like your current niches market, which we all understand that, that there's Mm -hmm. pain points that they have from that pain point, you are going to create a solution and you're going to create like a step-by-step action plan that they can take. Now we know very detailed action plans, they'll buy your course or they'll buy your product and obviously they'll get that, but more so an overview and people, you think that people know exactly how to do something or they already know it because you're well aware of it yourself, but actually they're not that well aware of it and they don't fully understand it. So I've noticed that action steps or roadmap is really good, or I call them blueprints of maybe like five steps that someone can take today to then further their content. So whether you're teaching someone more about how to build a funnel or how to create an email or how to create more video work like you do, you could create five action steps on like, you need to know how to do this first. You need to have this equipment. You need to have this set in place. And then lastly, you need to have this and then give little snippets of overviews. So it gives them enough to take away where they could go think about their process of what they're currently do, make some tweaks And then they're running back for more because they're like, wait, there has to be a deeper level to this. Like I've done, I've taken that, those steps, it's fixed a little bit, but I want even more. And that's when they'll run into your email funnels and your emails that you're sending out. um, And they'll understand that, wow, there's more to this. And if I buy her program, she'll detail it even more to me. Right. I mean, to me, that sounds like seven easy emails, like, cause you have the one that gives the outline of the five steps and then well i guess that's six emails uh and then you would have like an email for each step that digs a little bit deeper which Absolutely. you know would be easy enough to make you know especially if you're you know in, in that world all the time um i mean shoot that's that's a pretty decent sequence already and all you've done is broken apart uh, a five-step program <laughs> so. basically and that's really all it is and i think we overcomplicate it that yeah. it's more detailed or harder than that is. And that's really all it is. You create a roadmap and then within it, you share your own story of how that roadmap has helped your business, your growth with your product and every email dives deeper and deeper and deeper in it. So they want to continue to open up their emails and that the last email, you give them opportunity to be a part of your program or maybe watch a morning to depth detail video about your program. Right. Absolutely. So you said something interesting earlier that I want to kind of circle back to, which is uh, you talked a little bit about um, some of these automation systems, giving people more time to be creative. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that and just like, you know, maybe speak a little bit to what people are like missing out on outside of the obvious of time when it comes to 
you know, automating some of their systems? Yeah. So I think like what people feel like they're missing out on right now, we're like, like you do video work and Instagram just announced that they're a video platform now. Um, they're not just posting photos. They want you to do more reels, IGTVs, mm. YouTube's the same thing. And then YouTube just created YouTube shorts. So those 30 second to minute videos, cause we have short attention spans, but yeah. sometimes videos and creating content like that takes a little bit of, up of your time or takes a little yes. bit for you to get creative into those moments, into those Just things. a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, and people are maybe scared or it puts them outside their comfort zone to show up on video. So having an evergreen system now, doing all that sales work on the back end, creating those roadmaps, um, nurturing your, your leads um, through emails and stuff gives you the time and space to be creative now with video work or content in those certain spaces like Instagram and YouTube now, since those are platforms that are blowing up, TikTok's blowing up and that's a video platform as well. And that seems to be what creates a lot of leads and creates a lot of movement in people's businesses right now. So that was more right. what I was saying is they would give and free up time for those things. For sure. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I'm not in the coaching space very much, right? Like I'm, I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm fairly clueless on it. So are I these coaching programs, right? Oh. Um, are these coaching programs, are these more like personal brands? Because like, all I can think of is like, you know, how does someone who doesn't want to show up on video show up? And that's, you know, hire someone else to be on the video. But if it's a right. personal brand, obviously that's a complete no-no uh, for the most right. part. And so like, how does someone work through that like is that allowed is that taboo like how does that work I think it's whatever you want to create it to be but a lot of the people I work with are personal brands because I mean you wouldn't hire a coach unless you personally connected with them so they're personally mm. showing up in video content like that but I know as you scale like they do hire people to do their video work and their um edit their stuff because their business has scaled so largely that they don't have time to do that anymore. And they're focusing on other things. So it just depends on exactly how you want to show up and what you want to represent in your, whether program or um, business model, I guess. You could say. Well, I, I was mean, not so much like getting the work done as more as like having like on camera talent is more oh. what I meant. So because um, then then if you're like, if you don't feel like you can do or maybe you literally can't do a good job on camera, then like then you maybe have some other options. I mean, the one thing that pops in my head immediately is like whenever you see the videos where people just have like a bunch of like stock video footage and they just basically do like a voiceover on top of it. I feel like that's a good way to get around that if you're wanting to show up in video form, but like can't deliver well on camera. So I guess I was more asking, like, do some of these people hire like on camera talent to be able to like deliver some of the content or is that just like not a thing? I don't really think I've never really seen that. And that's I don't think was really a thing unless you are hiring someone unless like I do know some marketing agencies do hire people to be on video camera. I actually work with a woman. She has a coaching program and she has a marketing agency and she has someone on her team that does all her video work for her marketing agency um, nice. because she's like, I don't really have the time for it. And I'm not the face of that brand. It's more just a platform to scale like my marketing agency and someone else shows up for her on that. Um, who's really good at that. And she shows up on her personal brand um, in a different way. But if you're not okay. good at video, I mean, 
there's a lot of ways to learn to be good at video and you don't have to be good at video to like, I think be successful. Okay, yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to think about like how, if, if video is a direction things are headed and you're not good at it, like, what do you do? I mean, obviously just getting better <laughs> is, a, yeah. is a great approach. Uh, and certainly there, are, you know, I'm sure you probably have people that you know that are coaches specifically for that. Um, Cause that's, mm -hmm. you know, totally a thing. It's essentially just public speaking, but to a lens um, without an audience, sadly, <laughs> a little less exciting. Sadly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a whole lot of feedback, <laughs> um, but yeah. So uh, that's kind of interesting. So, so for, let, let's talk a little bit about some of the funnels, you know what I mean? So we talked a little mm -hmm. bit about like automation and having like some evergreen content that gets people in the pipeline. But what do you think about when you think of funnels? Like how is that functioning for these uh, coaches? Can you like, um, can you re-ask that question? Sorry. Sure. Let me think about that differently. Um, maybe a better question is like, what kind of funnels are you building for these coaches? Like, is it just like, you know, is it simple like awareness, nurture, decision kind of um, mm -hmm. funnels? Are they like something specific that you do for them that's like specific to maybe the coaching world um, that you help them work through? Yeah, I would say a lot of them are like lead magnet funnels and um, webinar registration funnels, which then funnels them into collecting um, emails. So the biggest reason why I would like build a funnel is to gather information of someone to then collect their email because an email is something that you can hold on to that's yours no matter what. So if your business explodes, it flops or anything like that, what you do have is you have an email list and an email list is huge. So building mm -hmm. lead magnets of like offering, like we said, the free blueprint, building that out to gather that email is really important. And then building out an offer to say that like, oh, join my free webinar class or join my free um, registration class or however you want to master class, everyone to do it. That's a great way. And that's a, another funnel that I build out for a lot of them. Um, to gather that information, that email, that name, then then put it in our database, which is like our CRM um, database of emails. Right. So I think the webinar thing for you and I is is pretty straightforward because we've either been a victim of it or done it ourselves. <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, we've all been victims of it. <laughs> I know, right? But um, so could you could you just explain a little bit about like how that functions? Like, how do you get people into the webinar? What does a webinar normally look like? Uh, for the people you work with. And then, you know, obviously I'm, I'm guessing the webinar is, is how you get the email, but just walk through that a little bit, if you could, of like how that specific funnel system works. Yeah. So I would say that someone would get into a webinar based off of an email sequence that's sent out. And at the end of the email sequence, they'll get offered to go into it. So just how we were doing like the free blueprint at the end of that email sequence, it'd be like, hey, do you wanna learn even more and have this exactly mapped out for you during the webinar? Or someone can get into the webinar based off of like a post, a video that is created on either YouTube, social media, TikTok, Reels, Instagram, Facebook, in a group where you um, teach on a topic or teach a little bit about something, whether that's you're going over confidence or business hacks or whatever your webinar is about right. for them to get them to click on the link and say, Hey, this is where you're going to learn more about my strategy. 
go watch this 30 minute to 45 minute webinar and it will break it down even more for you. Um, and so that's just another way for someone to get into the webinar. Okay, so the, the, the webinar, at least in this particular context is post getting the email. And this is like then part of the nurturing of the, Correct. like the email sequence, okay. Yeah, and it could go blueprints... both ways. It's just okay. basing off like how you wanna do it. So you could show up upfront with like your blueprint, your free lead magnet or your free content or your free download that you wanna give someone, whatever that is. And from there you can gather someone's email and they'll go through the email sequence and they'll get their free content. And then at the end, they could get asked to join your webinar or learn more about your program. Or you could do it up front and talk about your webinar and say like, click this link right here to be a part of our free class. We have a 45 minute class that we offer as well. Um, and that could come from a piece of content you put out there. It could be on your YouTube page, things like that. So right. um, you could go either direction. I don't think either way is right or wrong. It just all depends how you want to set it up and like your ultimate end goal. Right. So out of curiosity, because I feel like I've experienced a number of different kinds of webinars in the sense that like some of them have been completely pre-recorded. Some of them have been you know, like, I'm guessing live. And then I've, I've definitely had some that were like a hybrid where like part of the webinar presentation was pre-recorded, but there was they were still live interacting with people. What have you found have, have been the most successful? Because like, obviously, it's a huge time commitment for, you know, you, the coach to be right. live there, but there's got to be some value to being able to interact as well. So like, how, how do you, do you find that it's worth it? Is it not worth it? Like, like, how, uh, you know, yeah. can you justify spending that much time? I think there's pros and cons to it. It depends on uh, the price of your coaching program, um, what you're actually selling and things like that. Um, being live, there's a lot of benefits to it. I would say the benefits of it, you can interact a lot more with people, you can answer questions live that they might have. You can go over like all those different things. There's probably more energy that's brought. Um, mm. The one thing though about being live is the time that you pick to be live is the time that you hope works for everybody else. And that doesn't always work for everybody when you're launching. And a lot of people will then watch the replay anyway. And so you have half the people that are live and then half the people that are watching the replay and you don't get to interact with those people that watch the replay. So there's systems and there's programs that you can use to be quote, quote, live or make it feel like you're live. But then right. you have like an automated chat system that they have questions they can like put into the chat and then it goes straight to your email and then you can respond and email with them as well. So you're not live. It just kind of appears that you're live. And then that gives an opportunity for people to then they don't make the class live, they can go in and rewatch it and they'll get an email. Oh, you didn't make it live here. Re-opt in, watch it on your own convenience or choose the time that works best for you. So that's what I found with pre-recorded webinars that they can choose the time that works best for them. So they can right. get like three time options and some say they're their mom and they're kind of crazy and like, oh, this time works best for me. I'm gonna choose that time. Then they have the opportunity to do that. So I think it gives a little bit wider spread of people to be able to actually show up and watch the class. Right. I'm trying to think like, do you know of anyone who's like offered a webinar and then a live webinar? Like, oh, like you can watch it these couple times, but I'm going to be live on this one. Like, I wonder if like, 
Because like part of me is wondering like, oh, would that make the ones that aren't live feel like less cool? Even though people like already know that most aren't live. Um, but then at the same time, like you're still putting value on like the time that you're spending there. Like, oh, like this is my live one. This is when I'm going to be able to answer questions. Like, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, is, is that kind of like a cool, like, you know, like you, let's say you have five times in the day and one of them you're actually live for. Um, do you think that's, I don't know. Like, how, what do you think about that idea? Just think yeah, about No. Yeah. That is a, that is a cool idea of like, you have the time to like allocate for that every single day. And there's like specific time blocks um, right. that you choose with like certain systems that you choose to be like evergreen webinars. Like they actually do the times for you. So say mm. you go in, and you click the class at noon PST, there's three time slots for the afternoon that it gives you. Say you go in at nine o'clock PST, there's a few time slots that afternoon and then there's probably one the next morning. So it actually like automates it for yourself to be able to pick the time. So it's not the same time every single day. It's all based off of the person that joined and clicked on that class at that specific moment. And that's all oh, set up okay. through automation as well. So that's all like programmed in the back end for them to be able to like see that. Right. No, that's no, that makes sense. That I could see why they'd be a little bit smoother. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, we're always like going back and forth between like how much time can I dedicate and how much time can I not? And if I right. dedicate more time, is it gonna have a higher R ROI? And right. if or am I going to be happy enough with what I get fully automated, knowing that like I'm giving up probably some people because of the fact that I'm not like interacting in real time with them. Um, but Hey, if you're getting enough clients, then who cares if you're losing one and gaining five, you know what I mean? Like, I guess it just depends on what your business goals are. Um, yeah. I think it depends on that. And it also depends on like your messaging and being willing to like, all right, do I need to change up my messaging? Am I tracking my, um, KPIs properly? Am I figuring out how many people got registered, but didn't show up, but didn't get a sale? Like, what does that all look like? And those are things that you have to track as well while you're going through a system like this to see if your messaging is on point and people are actually resonating with it. Right. So That's out huge. of curiosity. Yeah. Oh yeah. You got, you always got to optimize. Um, how, how long are these funnels typically? I mean, like, cause at some point you're like looking down the barrel of like, Oh, like, do I need to have 20 emails, 30 emails, 50 emails, uh, or, you know, or after five, if someone's like not in it, like they're just not going to be no matter how many emails I send them. Yeah. I think that you don't have to have 30 emails. I think these, um, some of these funnels, they nurture them <laughs> for like, so, yeah, for yeah. they nurture them for like seven emails and that's their choice. And then, you can set up for them to be put into like didn't buy category or didn't buy list or a tag that you can put on them. Mm. And then they'll get your like weekly newsletter or your weekly or your monthly updates. And you'll have those that go out. And maybe the reason they didn't buy was because it was not the right timing. So yeah. you can't really think of it as like, oh, they're never going to do it. It's just not the right time. And they're going to continue to see you show up on social media. Maybe they don't fully trust you yet. And so you still need to create trust with them. And they're like, well, I'm just going to follow her on social and see how it goes. And I'll get into her free Facebook group and I'll learn more about her. But it's right. still on the back end of their mind. And then now you have your weekly 
updated newsletters or your monthly updated newsletters of what you're doing, where you are in your life and all that stuff. And then they can join back in the funnel whenever they want to again. Right. Yeah. I always say like, no matter how good a burger is, you can't sell it to someone who's full. So if it's Correct. a bad time, if it's a bad time, it's a bad time. And right. you can only hope to stay top of mind well enough and efficiently enough that when the time is right, that they're, they're ready to pull the trigger. Exactly. I completely agree. Yeah. So you, you brought up uh, Facebook groups. And so, um, you know, for me, not only owning the information, but kind of like the sense of like one-on-one community is one of the things I really love about like the email marketing space. Yeah. Um, to be able to have like those, you know, actual conversations and stuff. So um, when it comes to like Facebook groups or anything like that, what have been some places that you find are really good at nurturing that good community? Because I had a guest on, he, uh, he loved Twitter groups like so much. And I never hear people talk about that. Never uh, heard so, anyone talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So, but he, he freaking loves them. Uh, and so bless his heart, but, uh, yeah. So I don't know, like, you know, has Facebook group, uh, Facebook groups been really killer for you? Has there been other places that have been really, really good at developing like a solid, like somewhat close knit community? Yeah. I would say Facebook groups are huge and they've actually been like a big selling point. Like I sell a lot of my coaches sell out of Facebook groups and a lot of people sell out of Facebook group groups because mm. you can create so much content in there and there's so much a sense of community. People are commenting, people are saying what helped them that they're so excited about this program or thanks for interacting. And that's a really great place for you to then interact live with them as well. So right. setting up a Facebook group is I think is huge for anybody because community is what people crave yeah. um, and connection. So they want to know that they can have a super close connection with you outside of just Instagram. Cause I think Instagram can be a little superficial sometimes, but <laughs> a group is a lot more intimate. Um, you can be in messenger chat with them. You can respond to them a lot differently. And then you can have a lot more, I guess you'd say, dialed in content in your group of specifically what you're offering and what you're all about right so out of curiosity so the, the um, you know I'm always going to ask about content because <laughs> that's just yeah. what I do so I know uh, I love when, it right so when you're thinking about content for these Facebook groups do you like you know just posting generic stuff like you would not generic but you know just like kind of like nicely packaged advice like you would maybe on Instagram is that kind of some of the things that we post you post about or is it like uh lots of like polls and quizzes just to get people talking and to kind of find out where people are sitting like what kind of content are you doing that's like that targeted helpful content for that group yeah I think it depends on what your group specifically for is it yeah. for just creating community is it for um selling a product or selling a program but with the clients that I work with, there's a lot more of a deeper strategy behind it. So a lot of challenges are done in Facebook groups. So you can create mm. a challenge in a group where you do like a three-day challenge. They show up live with you. You can go live. They interact with you. And at the last day of the challenge, they can get a gift card or something. That gets people okay. to really, really interact with you. Those are great ways to do it. Um, you can have um, a welcome post that is like pinned to the top. And then when someone gets added into the group, they automatically get tagged on that, welcoming them specifically to the group and then telling them, hey, post a picture about yourself. Why'd you join this group? What excites you the most? That gets people to be really interactive. 
And those are ways to understand their pain points of specifically why they joined your group and mm. what they're looking for, for then you to then clever <laughs> content. Yes. It's really clever. Yeah. And you can pull content from that. Like that's why they joined this group. So I'm going to show up more in those ways to teach them some of that stuff. So those are more strategies that I would do inside my Facebook group. I mean, I think that's awesome. I mean, it's like, I mean, you know, it's, it's certainly not like a new thing that of like focus groups, right? Like that's the whole yeah. point is that companies would pull together customers or random people to be able to get their perspective on, you know, what the brand stands for, what they're selling, how they feel about it, like what their experience has been. And so uh, I think what's new and more interesting though, is like having that focus group, not even be a focus group. It's a different kind of group that you're happen to be able to leverage in that way as well. Cause like you said, like you're literally able to identify uh, without guessing what people's actual needs are, which I think is huge. And, and that's really been a theme with a lot of our guests is like a lot of people are making a lot of assumptions when it comes yeah. to what the pain points are, how they can best help them, what kind of product they need. And so the, the problem with guessing is that you never know if you're right. And like you are eventually, um, but why not just find out from the person you're trying to help what they need and then, you know, make a very safe assumption that more people like them also need that thing. And that wholly, totally gets you um, a chance to be able to build better content and have better conversations, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. I completely agree. And I think like, super important instead of guessing seeing what other people are doing that are in the same like niche market that you're in that, that you want to serve so like doing market research all right someone is selling this specific product they're doing very well i have something similar why are they doing so well what pain mm. points are they hitting is there a need for that and oftentimes you can figure out if there really is a big need for that that market and that's a good way for you to spin off of it to find out if that is a pain point that people are really desiring to be solved um so market research is is huge whether you're doing it in your facebook room you're specifically asking the people joining in or whether you're doing exploration in other people's groups that are within your niche and your realm to figure out how they're being successful and who they're specifically targeting right for sure have you ever tried uh, LinkedIn groups at all, or has it primarily been on Facebook? I have not specifically tried LinkedIn. It's definitely a new strategy that I've been looking into, um, so I can't talk a ton about, about that, but I yeah. actually started looking into it just recently because a lot of people are saying that it's a great place for people to hang out, and a lot of business people hang out there or people who are looking for different opportunities, so it's going to be something I'm going to tap into more soon. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I've been hearing some of the, the same thing. I I I I had one. I never really utilized it, and then uh, it was it was really based around like an old podcast that I was running, and so I kind of have to like revitalize it and, and make a new mm -hmm. one. Um, but yeah, I just I you know, you you know you notice trends. You know, people keep talking about LinkedIn quite a bit, um, mm -hmm. and at least maybe like a year ago, like people were saying something like it's like a, an absurdly low amount of people on LinkedIn make content like mm. super low, super, super low, like, like 10% or something like that. Um, and so uh, what I think is, is a huge opportunity for people who are making content to be able to like completely dominate. 
Um, that's just an opinion. What I've heard from people like from, you know, different emails and different people who work in the LinkedIn space is like, it is like the place for the best organic reach right now. Um, and so I think those two ideas combined is not a lot of people making content and great organic reach is just a real win. Uh, Cause yeah. everyone's always known that like business people are there and decision makers and stuff like that. So that's not like new, but the fact right. that it's like really good to get organic reach, that is totally new. And, and you got to take advantage of it while it lasts because you know they're just going to dump some algorithm in there eventually that's right. going to start like knocking down how many posts people see. So you kind of have to get on it while it's uh, while it's hot. So, but yeah, yeah, I'm curious on groups. I haven't like, I haven't participated much in them or, or been a creator of them. And so I'm kind of curious if that's going to be like on the business side, kind of functioning like a Facebook group in that sense. Yeah, I'm really curious too. I people are like raving about LinkedIn right now, especially with like the new rules with Facebook. They're cracking down on a lot of things. They don't want you to sell on your personal profiles or things like that. They want you to like use ads and they want you to, you know, buy into those things. So a lot of people I know are switching over to LinkedIn because, like you said, has more of an organic reach. But I'm curious Facebook to see how it goes. <laughs> Facebook wants your money. I know, right? So I'm curious how it's gonna move in that direction with the organic reach and I didn't even realize that they had LinkedIn groups so um that's really that's really cool that's something I didn't know they have LinkedIn ads too it just depends on whether or not you want to afford them they're like right they are not cheap but it's because really? they know no not like they're super expensive um I can't I don't have like any numbers off the top of my head but I remember looking mm -hmm. into it and being like yeah that's a strong pass for me yeah. um but the reason that they charge what they charge is because of, of who you're targeting. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like if, you, if mm -hmm. you're a business, if you're a B2B business, there is nowhere better to be. Like you couldn't possibly be more targeted. <laughs> like <Right. laughs> it's crazy. And so that's worth, that's worth something that's worth extra money uh, to be able to have that kind of um, targeting ability. You know what I mean? In Facebook, you're right. going to like eventually get to your right target, no matter how many right. like little doodads you put in. But uh, you know, with LinkedIn, theoretically, like everyone's a good match on some level, um, mm -hmm. unless they're yeah. just posting because they go to college. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but that's not a bad market to target either. People who are in college and looking for jobs mm -hmm. or maybe looking to not take a job and start an entrepreneurship journey or whatever the case may be. So it's a good place, I think, maybe to start looking into more, especially if the organic reach is so high and so good. Right. Agreed. I like having my efforts count. <laughs> and sometimes I feel Same. like they don't on Instagram. So what can I yeah. say? Um, I think Instagram is just, like they said, it's a video platform and you have to make reels now. Like that's, that's what everyone yeah. keeps saying. It's all about the reels and being very engaging and um, top of mind. And that's the one thing yeah. about Instagram. True that. Well, cool. So as we wrap up here, just as out of respect to your time and the fact that my battery power is at 7%, um, <laughs> uh, what are, do you think are some like, just in wrapping things up, is there any other like tips or thoughts that you have when it comes to funnels or automation that you really want to share? Um, I would say one tips is like, don't overthink it that like, it's not capable for you to do. It's a lot easier. Um, 
you can use really simple systems to, to get it to be done. And also like take the time to think about like what is something that you can give away for free that could really help your client or your current like customer that they can gain knowledge from now that then you can gather their email and then put them in a really simple seven, seven day email sequence. And mm. that's going to be something that will help you a lot and then give you something to actually like hold on to because your followers on Instagram, they could go away. They could shut down your account, all these different things. So yep. I really want to encourage people think of something that you can give away for free. That's an easy thing to then get them into an email system. That's maybe seven days to get them to know more about you learn about your product. And then you now have actual, like a solid concrete um, email and something that you can hold on to, whether an account gets shut down, your business flops or anything like that. That'd be something. Fair. I love it. Yeah. It's, I mean, email is just like the most secure way to build a following I can possibly think of. And you're so right. It's like, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly like how long you've been in the space, but I mean, just as far as just like news headlines, I mean, you know, YouTube has changed a couple of times that have like just absolutely obliterated people's income, Instagram so many times, Facebook so many times. And, and let's be honest, like they're allowed to, it's a right. free place that you pay right. no money to be at. And so right. it's like, they're allowed to do whatever they want to, they want. But like, when you start putting all of your eggs in those baskets and then something changes, that's when you realize like, oh, like I'm paying my mortgage on an income that can change overnight. Um, and mm -hmm. that starts to become a little bit scary and it's just not a really great long-term plan. And, and certainly, you know, kind of what we, we talked about, yeah, you know, social media is a great way to get those leads to where you want them. Um, but isn't necessarily like the greatest place to be at least primarily, um, you know, it's a great place to start building relationships and doing all those things. But at the end of the day, it's like, let's get into an email list because it, I can still, talk to them, interact with them, still have a great relationship with them, still promote my content through that. And I Correct. own their information for now until they change it or disappear or unsubscribe. Like, you know what I mean? It's right. not like Gmail is going to wake up one day and all of a sudden I can't send emails anymore. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so <laughs> exactly. I, I, yeah. So cool. So uh, um, where can people find you so they can learn more about you and what you do? Yeah. You can find me. I'm on Instagram. Uh, it's called Life with Maddie Mains. Um, Maddie is spelled M-A-D-I. And then it's like Main Street with an S, M-A-I-N-S. And then um, I'm on Facebook as well. Maddie Mains, really simple. So just those two platforms is really where I'm locally at. And go join your Facebook groups because then you can have good yeah. community. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I do have Facebook groups. So if you do follow me, reach out to me and I can add you to Facebook groups as well. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on here. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, email, you know, funnels and automation is something we haven't had a chance to talk a little about on the show and, and it's, it's so important. So thank you so much for yeah. jumping in today and uh, dropping knowledge on that. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, guys, thank you so much for watching another episode. Be sure to check it out. We'll have it on Instagram. We'll have it on YouTube. We'll be posting clips of it um, throughout this next couple months. Um, you know, as always, feel free to reach out. Um, if you're listening to the audio podcast, be sure to rate us on Apple uh, iTunes so that way, um, you know, hacks the algorithm and we can get uh, up in there. So that way, both our podcast and the people on our show can get more views and watches and listens. So thank you guys so much for watching and I'll catch you on the flip side. 
I just wanna live my life, but I keep on hearing about nonsense. Me and my dons ain't mobsters, but you know when you see imposters. We know how to read them faces, same way you know how to read them comments. If you wanna talk, let's talk, but right here, make sure you walk and your talk is constant. Thank you so much for watching this episode of the Death to Vanilla podcast. Now, if you made it this far, I'm guessing you probably heard something that was inspiring or helpful, and we would love to hear about it. So if you could drop that information in the comments or shoot me an email, steven at burkhartcreativeagency.com, that would go a long way to helping us choose guests and create content that really bring you value. Now, Instagram is my favorite social media platform, but I'm sure you have yours, and so we encourage you to find us on your favorite platform so that you have a chance to learn more about marketing that can help you out. Now they say, a rising tide rises all boats. So we ask that you would like, subscribe, and follow us so that way the traffic that we get to our channel helps all of the guests that have been on. Our traffic is their traffic and that helps everybody out and it's super easy to do. So if you could rate us, like us, add us, follow us, whatever you need to do to help us out, that would go a long way. So we appreciate you and hope to catch you on the next episode of the Death of Vanilla